What is up, family? Welcome back to the Reject Rundown Podcast. Me, Toto the Kid, and you're chilling with me this morning. Woo! Now, real quick, everybody. <laughs> if you want to know where you can find us all, remember to Google us on, on any of your devices at this time right now to find out the Reject Rundown, what we're all about, where we're at, where you can find us, the chit-chat and talk. Um... Because last night we did a nice little live show, of course, on 216 and that. If you guys don't know, go on there. It's on it's a Facebook there. Um, the page is ready for you. And you can watch any of our live videos uh, recorded for you. Okay? Um, if you guys didn't, if you guys missed out last night, Tony the Kid, SG3, as well as even Old Man RJ went on a couple of rants yesterday's show and it was pretty uh intense i'll give you that pretty intense um well-deserved rants because i'm think we're i think we're just sick and tired of these situations keep recurring all right and it's ridiculous sg3 ranted about um kyrie irving and the justification and all this kind of stuff that was a big incident there um at old man rj discussing his dislikes about the air cut and why fans need to stop trying to show out there if they don't really know what's going on with the air cut and the difference of why people wanted that uh didn't want that cut or don't want that cut and compared to why we wanted Zack Snyder's cut and my rant about the NFL refs all right it's getting blatantly blatantly dishonorable to watch NFL football it really is um, before I continue on the show, everybody, parental advisory is advised, so please, parents, if you're on the kids, watch the hell out. Sorry. <laughs> uh, kids, if you're on your parents, make sure you guys uh, just don't blame me. That's all I got to say. Don't blame me. It's not my fault. I warned you. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the show. So I'm going to be ranting again, a continuation of what I was talking about yesterday with the freaking NFL refing. Because it happened again as we were doing the show with the Cowboys and the Packers game. Another play call where if it, I'm not I can see I can't remember I don't know if it was the the cowboy defender hovering over the uh, the Packers receiver or vice versa, but come on! Now it is getting ridiculous with these NFL refing. I watching these games this past year, and I've watched each and every freaking Bears game, which I rarely do. I'm gonna be honest, I rarely do that, but I've been watching each game. And it's becoming more and more ridiculous to even watch because of these NFL freaking refs. One minute, you guys don't call sh- nothing. You, call, you don't call shit, okay? You don't call nothing against the Bears. The next minute, you throw the whole fucking rule book at their ass. And then when it's time for crunch time for them to win the fucking game live television people have recorded it on their DVRs and on their freaking Hulu accounts and everything like that and they can replay the freaking play by play you know this and for you to still not call a, 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 a an actual penalty and the benefit to the team that it's going against like come on People are believing, this is the reason why people believe that the NFL is rigged and based on the betting and the casino playing and all that kind of shit that put people put their money's worth on these type of games, 
or why it's so fucking corrupted. So fucking corrupted. You guys, NFL, I don't know if it was NFL, no, basketball referee. Can't remember his fucking name. But I just saw a Netflix documentary, The Untold Truth, The Untold Story, or whatever case it be. If you guys don't know, go on Netflix. It's called Untold, and they discuss all these type of different stories. Uh, Teow, hell of a story. I, hands down, Mente Teow, that never knew anything about that part. I didn't really know his story. I heard about it going in uh, back when I was in high school. And it, it just, you know, I, at that time, I didn't know what was happening. But knowing what he went through, that dude's a fucking survivor. That dude's a survivor. And that, that was a great story. But the other story that they talked about was a basketball referee who was basically found a way to cheat the fucking system in order for him to place bets, small bets enough, where it's not even really people can notice, small enough bets, and getting big bucks back. Decent amount of bucks. So, FBI, CIA, anybody like that who's really against the law, up for the law, and showing that people should not get away with shit, look into the fucking NFL refereeing. Please. Because just like I said yesterday in the show, it's getting ridiculous where it seems like when the referees were on strike, we got these temp reps, and it just went to shit that NFL season. It feels like that. It's getting aggravating like that. The Bears, even again yesterday, our Chicago Bears are, are, are for some. Oh my God, they're on. They're they're close to hitting their peak, and if not, rising to the top and taking control of NFC North. They're that fucking close. But somehow, it, nothing's going their way. Cole Komet was on the route. I don't know, kind of outside of the field, kind of close to the end, kind of close to the uh, out of bounds, where he could have caught a pass. Somehow connected with a defensive, uh, a line guy, a defensive cornerback, a pass by him. They bumped into each other, and boom, no flag whatsoever. It stopped Cole Komet in the in his tracks, where he couldn't run the route that he needed to in order for Fields to catch to him. I think it might have been the same exact route that he ran in order for him to get his second touchdown. Similar to that. But if you watch that play-by-play there, and if you rewind the tape, look at that scene. Bounces off of each other. Clearly, that should have been a pass interference. Clearly. Two games, back to fucking back. I'm just sick and tired of these refs. And I'm sick and tired of them picking and choosing when they want a fucking referee. If you're going to be an NFL referee, you play the you do your job day in and day out on those NFL games no matter which team you root for. Doesn't fucking matter. Be fair and be both be vigilant whatever all that shit. Go by the book with every single person. And don't give me this bullshit of, oh, we're going to, at this time right now, we're not really going to referee. We're going to let the players play. Don't give me that shit because that's, again, you're picking and fucking choosing. Stop doing that shit. If you're going to referee, referee. And it pisses me off because the game against the Dolphins, when they had a pass, when Claypool 
clearly had a past interference. Clearly. I have everything on Instagram. If you look at the fucking pictures, he gets dropped to the ground. The camera view turns towards the camera view towards Claypool. And there's a fucking referee staring right at the fucking play. And he does nothing. You cannot tell me that you don't think that was a fucking pass interference. Why the fuck were you looking? You were looking through the players? You didn't see them? You thought they were imaginary? You thought they were invisible or some shit? But no. No, no media wants to cover any of that shit. None of the media wants to do that. Why? Again, because it benefits their fucking pockets. There's evidence. There are evidence. And it's getting... It's going to get to the point where it's going to be all over social media. It's all over mine, for sure. It's going to get all over social media. And these type of companies are going to go down the fucking drain because you cannot stop more than... Can't stop many people with this, you know, looking for the issues. You cannot. You cannot sit here and tell me that no one's not going to watch these games, record it, play it play by play, watch it, screenshot everything, send the pictures out, and boom, put it out there on social media. You cannot tell me that no more. This isn't the 1990s, the 1980s, the 1970s, where you can rig and all this kinds of shit with their freaking with the games and get away with it. You cannot no more. I'm just tired of it. I think maybe I'm more agitated because it's happening to the Chicago Bears, who I think, who I I believe to my core has an has an NFL future, has an NFL future. The team is right there on the on the edge of greatness. Fields is balling his, his fucking ass off. He's becoming that fucking quarterback guy. He's becoming that guy. I was I was really adamant in the beginning of the season with this dude and not too sure if he was up for the challenge. But man, when he... Oh, my God. When this guy... Uh, he turned the corner as soon as they started giving him plays where he can run. He's showing it. He is showing it every single NFL game that he's ready to lead. But he's also, just like us, Fields, okay? And I'm with you in this part. Just like us, we are just agitated that it just equates to losing. And that shit plays with the mental mental state, man. Trust me, it does play with your mental state. And it's unfair, totally unfair. But I think what Justin Fields has to understand, the other thing is, too, is that this city of Chicago is with you, man. Everybody has turned that page of saying and of thinking that maybe he is and maybe he isn't the guy. We all know he's that guy. He is definitely that guy. He can make the throws. He can run the ball. And he can literally lead the team. Defense got to find that leader, too. They got to step the fuck up because they're either besides the play, besides the NFL referee and the calling on that shit, which is pisses the fuck out of me. But the defense guys to play defense. They got to stop the fucking play. 
They got to go out there and show their heart. Ever since we got rid of Smith and ever since we got rid of Quinn, it just shows that the dominance of the defense is not there any longer. The beginning of the season, we were clearly saying, oh man, if the offense could just pick up the pieces and you know get what they need to do and execute their gameplay, man, this could be great because the defense and the second quarter, second half were phenomenal. It was minimum scoring games on the opposing team when they were facing the defense of Chicago. But as soon as we got rid of those two pieces, it it just it's becoming a, a gun show. Who can score the most? And lately, that's why I'm saying with Chicago, the offense is there. They're starting to click. They're getting things right. And they're scoring. They're putting points on the board. I just read a little stat sheet there that that Chicago Bears is the only, the first NFL team to still lose three straight games with scoring 29 plus or more. Let that sink in there. That right there is a, yes, it's a bad stat. It's on the bad side of things. But it's also half. It's a 50-50. It's a good side of things that these guys go out there and score. They can get you touchdowns. It's a it's a definite for sure that they can give you at least 20 points a game, at least. Where we were struggling in the past, we could never really say that before. That oh, we could get 20 20 points. I think we're good. Not at all. Back then, in the past, me watching my NFL Chicago Bears. Was is if we can get two touchdowns. I hope we can get at least two touchdowns this game. I pray that we can at least get one touchdown this game. And right now, it's at that stage. Now, I'm not saying either that the defense needs to change players. No. At this point, we have our cornerbacks. We have Brisker, who's, who's starting to become a dog. We have Johnson. He's, he's our go-to cornerback. Jackson, he's our go-to safety. And that side of him is, uh, dang, man, I forgot his name. Uh, Gordon. There you go. No, Gordon's the cornerback. Brisker's the safety. And the opposite of each other. Those four pieces, those four pillars, if they keep that attack, that back end is going to be great. But we need somebody up front. We need a dominant force to push through, like a like kind of like a Donica Sue back then when they drafted him from Detroit Lions. Kind of like that. If we can get a guy like that in the middle, right there with the front four, man, that'll be good. Stop the fucking run. Put pressure on the fucking on the opposite uh, cornerback there. Sanborn, you step the fuck up. Twelve tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss. Great, great coming out game to yesterday, guy. Great coming out. Truly, truly appreciate your gameplay. 57, I do believe you have a future with this team. Now, I'm not saying you're like a, you're, you're like a Brian Urlacher, but your gameplay and your ferociousness is similar of that of a Brian Urlacher. I don't believe you're as quick as he is. Maybe I got to see more gameplay of you, but you're everywhere. So that means you're, per, you're persistent. You're persistent and you have a high motor. But 
My only question is, is can you cover from side to side? That is a big key for this defense. So we have an we have a freaking linebacker there that's developing. So that also means within the draftees, I do and I hope that I expect that they draft another linebacker and they draft at least two offensive linemen. Somebody in deep, somebody in the middle, but also somebody of an edge rusher. We gotta get somebody like a Quinn, at least back then when he was in his prime. We gotta get somebody like a Donica Sue, somebody in the middle that can push and give you a give you some fucking pressure on the freaking quarterback and the running back. Make some noise up front. That's what we need right now. We have that plus the offense. And even then, the offense, I don't think you really need to add anybody on there. You have Claypool. You got Mooney. You got fucking, you got fucking Herbert. You got Montgomery. You got Fields. You got Komet. The offensive line, sure, you could draft a few pieces there to interchange, put them in there, and make them mobile. Sure, you could do so. But fucking, man, you see what I'm talking about there? All the pieces. I don't expect you to change them, trade them. No. Mooney wants to be here. We want Cash Mooney. That boy can catch the fucking ball. He is your third down receiver. Claypool, that boy is your is your freaking deep ball pass guy and is your is your playmaker. That's him. Komet, it is the dominant force inside, man. That boy can block for a running back, and that boy can catch as a receiver in the end zone. That is our fucking threat right there. That is our equalizer to the fucking Chiefs, if I want to say, if you want to compare and look, aim high. Aim high, man, because the Chiefs, as sad as I have to say this, and I know SG3, when you listen in, you can go ecstatic when I say it, but the Chiefs have been beneficial to that key piece right there. Kelsey is their game changer on the inside. Komet. Develop him, give him one more fucking year in this offense. That dude is that guy. He's that guy. He can be that guy right now. So far, he's got two touchdowns, three touchdowns in the last, no, maybe four in the last fucking two games, if I'm not mistaken. Come on. It is there. It's right fucking there. You can grab it and fucking shake it if you like to. It's fucking ridiculous. Ugh. Just saying, man, if you get those draftees, put somebody in there, and man, you got somebody. Now, it's starting to also look like Herbert is starting to become the number one running back because that boy can get out outside. I don't want them to think that you should trade away Montgomery because if you can keep Montgomery a little bit longer and if he's happy in the offense as far as giving you what he can, he can catch the ball. So I'm not, I'm cool with him being on this little slant run on the outside. And giving you some little chummy plays, some some good, you know, four or five yards on the inside. If he runs the ball, he could give you a good solid three yards. That makes a fucking difference. All right? That makes a difference in a freaking, just basically, you know, gameplay. It makes a difference. Three yards makes a difference. So if he can give you that, fine. On a consistent basis, hell yes. Now, your only, my only thing is, is that, 
with the offense and the receiver crews. Your main three receivers need to be St. Brown, Claypool, and Mooney. Your main three receivers running their out routes and anything. Pettis, get him the fuck away from that offense. I'm sorry, Pettis. You might be listening and you might be upset that I'm saying this, but get the fuck away from the offense, man. You by far have given me the most headaches in watching my Chicago Bears than Jay Cutler, all right? And that's not a good sign, my man. Not a good sign. Stay away. Stay away. And if and if you think you're open, just wave, say no, not me. No, just wave your hand and say no. Fields, pass somebody else. I'll go down there and help block. It's just, man. It's at that point, man. It's at that point. Well, that's all I got for you. I'm gonna move on out. I gotta get to get to work. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy. Gotta move on with my day. Got a lot of things to do today, but I appreciate you guys for chilling with me this morning. It was a nice little rant, nice little chit chat that I discussed with y'all. It was pretty awesome, pretty fantastic, and I appreciate everything. Um, oh, and also shout out to Giselle. Uh, Tom Brady's ex-wife Fuck you <laughs> I'm sorry I am sorry But why the fuck are you on social media With another fucking fella Why Why woman why You had a You, you had Tom Brady This is my problem This is my issue with Giselle everybody I'm sorry I gotta go man versus woman here but I gotta do this, man. I got to. I gotta support my Tom Brady in this, man. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I never really liked Tom Brady. You can hear a bunch of shit about my rants and stuff like that. I never really liked the guy uh, because, especially when he was in the Super Bowl with the Patriots and he went against Carolina Panthers. I was. I'm a big Peppers fan. And sit. And when they won that Super Bowl, ever since then, fuck Tom Brady. That's what I said. All right. But when he went to from the Patriots on over to Tampa Bay and won again, it just shows the level of his greatness, okay? And the respect of his game makes me respect him as a person. That's all I got to say on that. So with all this issue going around the beginning of the season, I was so pissed off with Giselle, man. I, I understand, and my wife's probably going to be upset with me when I say this. And I'm, I'm sorry, Babel. But my wife, like, you have to understand something between the man and the woman, especially when you're married. If you know your man is a professional athlete and has dedicated his life to being a great quarterback, that is his addiction. That is who he is. It's not like he's out there messing with other women. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I'm not too sure. I don't know the ins and outs. I apologize um, so I'm going to leave it at that. Um, his greatness to the NFL game. His greatness to wanting to become not only the best quarterback today, but the best quarterback to have ever lived now and forever. That has, that has right now been his, that's his mindset. And I said it last year when he considered retirement. When they're talking about that. 
when you look at his throwing, when you look at his arm strength, when you look at what he does mentally, there was nothing of a decline in him like you saw in a Drew Brees, like you saw in the Eli Manning. He, there's no comparison to that. His throw was still crisp. He had a great spiral. He was smart to where he was throwing the ball. It's not like as if he threw the deep ball. He's not a deep, deep, bro, deep ball thrower in general. He's really not. He's a very consistent and pinpointing of the off of, of the field type of thrower. He can put the ball where it needs to go. And there was no issues with that at all when you see his gameplay. And even now, when he's been losing, I don't see it. I don't see a decline in him as a as a freaking quarterback. The only issue that you saw was his mental state in the beginning. His mental state was affected by his woman, man. Like any man would be, you know, have issues with. Any man would. And it was being affected by what was going on at home. That's the only reason, and that's the only thing you can sit there and look at and say that was his issue. But that doesn't mean you have to retire. But Giselle, why can't you support your man? Why? Are you that sick and tired of your own children to stay at home? To have your man stay at home to take care of them so you can do you? If I'm not mistaken, you still run a company. You run a million dollar company. And yet you sh like to not want to see your man happy is ridiculous. It gets I, like <sighs> I would like to hear Giselle's side of things. Now I don't want to also, you know, I'm sorry if I ranted on her a little bit there, but I also don't I don't want to sit here and like go hardcore and talk a lot of trash on her because she may be she may have some type you know I'm saying it wrong I'm saying I'm saying that wrong she may have a good reason to why she's why she made an ultimatum she may have we don't know what we know why she gave the ultimatum was because she wanted him home she wanted her husband to still be I guess you would say uh, healthy enough to be there for the family and enjoy life now outside of football. Yes, Tom Brady, you've done your thing. You went from the, you know becoming uh, Super Bowl champions for the Patriots, like numerous Super Bowl champions for the Patriots, and then going to Tampa Bay and winning a championship there and possibly winning a second one. Like You knew you had that, and... I understood that part. You wanted to make a point to Bill Belichick and the rest of the NFL that it wasn't just Bill Belichick that was important to that team. So was I. And you won. And you won that perspective. But Giselle, you may have a point in the sense of wanting to see your husband happy. Now, again, we don't know the full story, what's been told between Tom Brady and his wife. All we could do is speculate on the outside of what we've been seeing. But fucking A, seeing on social media of a picture of her walking with another man 
out of a restaurant or whatever case may be. Ain't a good fucking look, Giselle. Ain't a good fucking look. I know you may say, fuck it, I don't give a fuck. Uh, my life, my divorce is final, I don't care, blah, blah, blah. But no, 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 no. Not a good look. And I'll be bluntly honest with this. Me and wife and I have had conversations about what if one of us either passes or what if something horribly goes wrong and we end up do separating for whatever reason. I don't believe in that, but what if, Okay. I would never in my life disrespect her in that way. That's one. Second, I am not interested in dating someone else afterwards. Hell no. Why? Because as you see, this is why it's difficult. Because it's a bad fucking look and it's more stressful on how to do your life but also trying to find someone else. Hell no. My focus will be on my work. My focus will be on my kids. I should flip them, actually. My kids first. Work second. But also, my focus should be on co-parenting with my ex or, you know, anything at that point with my wife. We have to be respectful with each other. We have to have a solid base and a good foundation for us to work together to take care of our children. But if I'm out here, I'm going to say it, if I'm out here hoeing around with some other fella and some other woman, in that perspective, no, that is bad news right there. That is an argument just brewing to happen. You are pushing and pointing at the wrong button. No, no. Stay the fuck away from that button. I mean, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying because of what I see, and this is this is this is the poison of social media, man. You see images, they show you pictures, they give you a, a, a scenario that what you think you could see in this picture, and you don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. What if that that guy was her business partner, and they just working on plans of new, you know, outfits or some bullshit like that, and they're just talking. I don't know, you know, again, I, maybe I'm not, maybe, maybe it is that, I don't know, and as a, as a husband of mine, being, you know, you know, knowing my woman's over here talking to some other dude, man, fuck that, I'm gonna fuck his ass up, that's exactly what my mind's saying, that's probably what he's probably saying right now, man, fuck this shit, I'm over here throwing the fucking football, I'm trying to make my legacy get great, and here's this bitch over here talking to some other dude on the side, knowing she knowing people are going to be taking pictures of her and shining to me, man, fuck this, man. That's exactly probably what he's thinking. <laughs> probably what he's saying. More than likely, that's what he's saying in the car. <laughs> like like me right now. More than likely what he's saying in the car. He's saying, fuck all this shit. Fuck that woman. She's a bitch. She's this. She's that. Oh, hell no. Like, all this kind of stuff. He's probably going ham on everything. So... <laughs> That's crazy. That's good stuff. Um, but yeah, guys, that, I think that's where I'm going to leave it at. <laughs> <with that. laughs> I appreciate you guys for tuning in here at the Reject Rundown. This is me, Tony the King, signing off. And uh, hope to see you guys. Oh, I'm going to go around here.
Hope to see you guys later. And y'all behave yourselves. Be good. Take care. And uh, see you on the flip. Remember, as always, tune in at 216 The Net. Also, if you guys uh, here on the Reject Run the Podcast on Spotify, make sure you guys are tuning in there too as well. Instagram, Twitter, you guys get to catch us everywhere. And uh, we appreciate everything you guys. Uh, we love and support, man. I'll let you later.